0: In this uh, section here, do you notice when you look at verse 25 that Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, points to himself, while Daniel in this section points to the God of heaven? Uh, Arioch takes Daniel to the king and claims credit, doesn't he? I have found a man. I have found someone. Well, he didn't really find someone. It was Daniel who asked him and Daniel who went to the king and asked for time at verse 16. But it is a a pointer, isn't it, that we either live for glory for ourselves or glory for God. Many of us are familiar, perhaps over familiar with the Westminster Shorter Catechism, that our chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. But it is true. And whenever success comes our way, do we give the glory to God or do we just like a little bit for ourselves? And Arioch wants to take credit for finding uh, Daniel. But Daniel doesn't want to take any credit, even though he is the one to whom God has revealed the mystery. In that respect, he's very like Joseph, isn't he? You know, when Joseph was taken from prison to see Pharaoh and Pharaoh says, can you interpret my dream for me? And Genesis 41 verse 16 Joseph replies I cannot do it but God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires God will do it and that is what uh, Daniel says isn't it no one on earth he says no wise man 27 can explain the mystery but there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries he has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the latter days the days to come there is a God who knows There is a God who knows all things. There's a God who knows your dream, Nebuchadnezzar, and knows what it means. What the king asks is not too difficult for God. Remember, that's what the Babylonian astrologers had said back in chapter 2, verse 11. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king, except the gods, and they do not live among humans. But what the king asks is not too difficult for God. And while the gods, the Babylonian gods, do not live among humans, there is a God in heaven who does live among his people. The prophet Isaiah tells us when the Lord speaks, I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is lowly and contrite in spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and contrite. And that was true for Daniel and his friends and it's still true for God's people today because God has come to us, hasn't he, in Jesus Christ as Emmanuel, God with us. To live with us and even more by his Holy Spirit to live in us, to make our hearts his home. Among all those who have humbled themselves, who are lowly and contrite in spirit and have accepted Jesus Christ as lord and savior god still lives among and even in his people now i said last week i was going to finish by addressing a couple of questions i just want to look at one of them today because it may be a it may be a niche that some of you are longing to scratch and uh, the question is this does god still speak through dreams today does god still speak through dreams today well, the answer to that question really depends, depends what you mean. Remember, Daniel, as a wise man, is also a prophet. And as the prophet Amos says in Amos 3, verse 7, Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plans to the prophets. So if you mean, does God still give supernatural revelation to people, so that their dreams are like the prophetic word of God with all the authority of the word of God, the answer is no. The word of God is complete. It is God's sufficient testimony to his sufficient son. Remember Jesus Christ as God's final word to the world, Hebrews 1, verses 1 and 2. And this is his complete testimony to that complete word. And the Bible warns us, doesn't it, woe to anyone who adds to the word of God or takes away from it or places their dreams and visions or their interpretations of that dream or vision on the same level as it. So in that respect, the answer is no. But if you mean, can God still use dreams to further his purposes, then the answer has to be yes. God is sovereign and can use whatever means he pleases to further his purposes to bring them about. I'll give you a couple of examples, one from church history and one more recently. Uh, some of you will know of Jerome, the great church father lived in the fourth to fifth century, best known for translating the Bible from Hebrew and Greek into Latin and was the, the Bible that the church used the whole church used for a thousand years and even for longer than that within the Roman Catholic Church. Jerome was a lover of language, as you might imagine, as someone who translated from Hebrew and Greek into Latin. And he used to love reading Cicero. Cicero, who had lived about 500 years before Jerome, but was really the father of the modern Latin language, a great speaker and philosopher. And he used to love reading the speeches and the writings of Cicero. But one night, Jerome had a dream that he was facing Christ, Jesus Christ, on Judgment Day. And this figure of Christ said to Jerome, You are a Ciceronian, not a Christian. And Jerome took that as a rebuke. And from that time on spent more time reading his Bible than he did reading Cicero. A more recent story is from uh, a friend that Jane and I had down in Glasgow from Iran. He was a Muslim among a number of Muslim asylum seekers who came to the area of Glasgow where I was minister before coming to Inverness. I'll call him Samuel. It's not his real name. But Samuel and I used to meet up uh, reasonably regularly just to read through the Bible together to answer his questions. He was interested about the Christian faith, wanted to know more about it as someone who'd had to leave Iran because he had fallen out of favor with the Revolutionary Guard. Not a a safe thing to do. Um, So we we were meeting like this, just one-to-one, usually in the church buildings, in the church uh, vestry, the room that was there. And on one occasion, he came, and we started, and he said, Mr. James, because that's what he called me, Mr. James, I've had a dream. And I thought, (laughs) uh-oh. And uh, I said, I want you to tell me what it means. And uh, I said, well, Samuel, I'm not a Joseph, (laughs) You interpreted Pharaoh's dreams. I'm not a Daniel, but tell me what your dream was. And I'm aware, I was aware, of course, that many Muslims, especially from Iran, had visions and dreams that were used by God to bring them to Christ, to bring them eventually to faith in Christ. So I prayed, as you might do in that situation, I prayed for wisdom, the God who has promised to give wisdom to those who ask. I prayed to the throne of grace that I might receive mercy and grace in the time of need and not say anything that was wrong or foolish. So the story of the dream that um, Samuel, thankfully he didn't do a Nebuchadnezzar on me, say tell me what my dream was or I'll kill you. But uh, so he told me what the dream was and it was this, standing on a narrow road, very narrow path, And there was a figure in white, which he said was Jesus. And I remember asking him, because I've heard these kinds of stories before, and I said, did you see his face? No, no. I didn't see his face. It was just blinding white. And we were in this narrow road, but in front of me was this block, like a big, I mean, his English was not great, but he was trying to say a block, like a concrete block, or a a, a big rock, or a big stone blocking the path and the figure in white whom he said was Jesus was holding a hammer hammering this stone this rock that was blocking the narrow path so i said to i said to samuel again i said well i'm no i'm no joseph i'm no daniel but it is true so i tried to speak to him from the word of god that is true and certain it is true that the christian way is a narrow way the way of christ is a narrow way the bible tells us that you find it but it leads to eternal life and I said it also seems to me that the things that we've been doing over these past weeks you've been coming up with questions objections that you have to the Christian faith obstacles that stop you from believing like the Trinity like the nature of Jesus who is Jesus all these questions that you have and it seems that as we look at God's word for the answer to your questions It is as if Jesus is taking the hammer to hammer away the things that are blocking your road to belief, to the Christian faith. In fact, I said, it just has come to mind, there is a verse in the prophet Jeremiah, I don't know where it is, there is a verse in the prophet Jeremiah that speaks about the word of God being a hammer. I'll try and find it. Now, you've got to remember, I'm in the church office, and what you need to know is that I don't have my own Bible with me, which has various markings in it. I'm using a church Bible, which has no markings in it. I turned over Jeremiah. The very first verse that I put my eye on, didn't even have to scan the page, was the verse Jeremiah 23:29: Is not my word like fire, like a hammer that breaks a rock into pieces? So I said to Samuel oh look there it is and he had no idea he just thought I'd found it but that was an answer to prayer but also from the word of God telling us that the word that we were using was being used by Christ to destroy his arguments his objections to believing and following the narrow way of Christ and in due course he was baptized as a believer Now one one little afterthought to that, it's more than an afterthought, it's important. If you look at that section in Jeremiah 23, and I did spend a bit of time, if I'm right in remembering this, that promise is not my word like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces. That comes in the context of false prophets dreaming dreams, which is a warning. Uh, the previous verse says, Let the prophet, let the false prophet who has a dream recount dreams, but let the one who has my word speak it faithfully, for what has straw to do with grain is not my word like fire and a hammer. It's important for us to remember that, isn't it? This is the this is the revealed word of God. And whether that's the only time that kind of thing has happened to me, it's not happened to me ever before or since. I don't look for it to happen. I believe at the time God gave the wisdom and the spirit and the direction and the answer to prayer. The dream itself was not a infallible revelation from God. It was a signpost to Samuel pointing him to the words, to the Bible, to the truth about Jesus Christ. And the Lord has revealed everything that we need to know in his word for us to live faithfully among the kingdoms of this world. We don't need someone to interpret our dreams for us to know the future, for example, because God has already interpreted the dream in Daniel 2, to show us the future. A future that belongs to him, belongs to Christ the King and to his people. So let's sing, How Great Is Our God?, the splendor of the king.